being with the people is what I really enjoy and where I want to focus more of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, uh, just one of the great things, we just had a lady come up to take a shower and she was so excited. She said, I just want to tell you, I know you're busy, but can I take just a minute of your time? And she was telling me, uh, you know, you know, this, this lady has been on, on drugs and she has nowhere to live. And obviously she's here for, you know, to have a meal and to take a shower. Uh, but at the same time, you know, she is celebrating because she has a job interview. She's been sober now for just a few weeks. And that's, that's exciting. I mean, a few weeks doesn't sound like much to us, but when you've battled addiction all of your life, and that is, that's just a success that she wanted to share. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Financial Pathway podcast. I've got a special guest, Drayton Smith, here today. Um, so, Drayton, well, I, before I kind of give you the intro, I'll let you intro, to, intro yourself. Tell us about you and what you do with Ministry Village. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, I'm the executive director for Ministry Village at Olive, and we have uh, an umbrella of things that we do. Uh, one of those is our Caris House, where we have uh, an addiction recovery for women. Uh, that's a, a one-year to three-year program. Uh, it's a very intense program and uh, has great results. So we've uh, we've been doing that now for about 15 years. This is our 15th year of doing that. We've had about 200 women uh, that have completed and graduated that phase one. Uh, program. So that's that's a good testimony of, of what we're doing there. Uh, so we have the Cares House and we have Tender Hearts Caring Hands, is an, another one of our um, ministries under the umbrella. And what Tender Hearts Caring Hands does, uh, it's, it's a benevolent need to where we help with utilities, we help with rent and mortgage, um, we help with food needs, and that food can look like many different things. It can be a hot meal for someone that walks up. Uh, just needing something for the day to get them by, uh, to sustain them. And then we have what we call a grab and go or a transient bag, which is a small one of the T-shirt plastic bags. Uh, and we put pop top food in that. So that would be for someone uh, who has uh, nowhere to cook, um, not necessarily a stable home. Maybe they live in a homeless uh, population in a tent or something like that. So that's what that's the food in there. And then we have a family bag, and that family bag is a, a good size. Uh, it's very heavy bag, uh, the brown grocery store type bags, and uh, that's filled with an, enough food for a family of four for about three days. And so that's those two ministries. And we have um, Most Excellent Way, which is our addiction support group, and that happens twice a week, and that's on the Olive Baptist Church campus on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Most Excellent Way. And then we have uh, our support system comes from many different things. Two of those being in our ministry is uh, the Early Learning Center, where we have a, a pre-K uh, program for uh, children. And then also we have our Bargain Center, and that's out on Nine Mile Road. And that helps not only support 
uh, financially the Karis House and Tenor Hearts Caring Hands, but it also employs some of our ladies that are going through the Karis House program. And it also helps the community because we were able to give vouchers and uh, help those in need uh, if someone can't just simply can't afford even thrift store prices. We uh, give them vouchers to be able to purchase uh, their needs there, whether that be clothes or maybe someone's had a house fire, they need furniture, uh, or maybe someone's just getting started and just can't afford it. So we'll give them those vouchers to take care of those needs. So five different ministries under the umbrella of Ministry Village. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you giving us the rundown. A lot of people listening to this, I know some go to our church, they go to all of Baptist, a lot don't. So Ministry Village works very closely in conjunction with our church, uh, Olive. Um, and I like uh, how you explained, we've got two of two of those uh, parts of Ministry Village are not, maybe not um, income producing is probably the wrong word, but they but they do have a source of revenue through them, the Early Learning Center and the uh, the Bargain Center. The other three are strictly outflows. They're just giving, helping. Um, The Early Learning Center, what's the ages for that? So that's infant up to uh, the voluntary pre-K. So that would be Mm four-year-old. And how many many kids? Uh, We have a capacity of 159 uh, and, and so that's, that's across, that's all total, 159 total students yeah. that we can accept. And yeah. uh, we do have a waiting list for that. Yeah. It's a great facility. Um, the playground, every time I pass the playground, I, I always look at that, like that, that is the, uh, the, the ultimate playground for kids. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So of those five components, which one would you say, I would, I would assume the, Early Learning Center is the biggest investment of time, of resources, of workers. Would that be accurate? It is. It is very accurate. Uh, they have obviously have the most employees because of the ratios for students to children. And we actually go over that ratio of what the um, legal uh, specifications are. We have more teachers than less. We err on that on the side of making sure that those kids are taken care of. So uh, it is the bar, the uh, early learning center is uh, is the largest uh, employer and the largest expense as well. Sure, sure. And just to for for the listeners, I want to make sure I, I'm clear here. But the reason I wanted uh, Drayton for you to come on the podcast and talk about this is we we had talked kind of in a smaller group setting, and you'd given us sort of the, the lay of the land as far as what Ministry Village does. And there's a lot of people even within our own church, because Olive is a large church, that are just not totally familiar. They know of Ministry Village, but they're not totally sure as to what all that it does and the different ways that we help our community. But also, I think there's a lot of folks across the country, and there's I, I know for Financial Pathway, like people listen all over the country. And I think there's a lot of churches and ministries that want to be more involved in their community. They want to yeah. be able to have an impact. And I feel like what Ministry Village is doing, what you're doing, Drayton, is a good template, maybe, for some ways that churches can be involved. Ministry Village has got a lot going on. Most churches just don't have the the capacity, whether it's facilities, number of workers, volunteers, financial resources. Like I get most churches just can't all of a sudden be like, you know what, tomorrow we're going to do all five of these things um, and we're going to do them well. But I'm I'm hoping through this conversation, it gets some wheels turning as far as, okay, what are some possibilities? Can you speak to a little bit of the template then 
for how Ministry Village uses Early Learning Center primarily, even the Bargain Center, to help support and fund the other ministries that are, are very much just outflows. Can you, can you give us a little bit of a breakdown of how that, how that has worked? Absolutely. Um, so obviously there's still some debt with both of those, with the bargain center and with the early learning center. So some of that has to go back into op- obviously the operation budget of that. Um, but they, it, it takes about um, $17,000 a year to, uh, for one of the ladies to go through Kira's house. And so obviously that funding does have to come from somewhere. Um, so the way we do that is through the early learning center and through the bargain center. Um, through donors like Olive Baptist Church and then the great folks that are in Olive. And then just kind of a side note here, you were talking about some of the other churches in a template. We do have other churches that come along beside of us that are finding out what we do and they're asking questions. And exactly what you said, maybe they're not a huge church and uh, they can't start uh, something like what Ministry Village is doing, but we're, we're asking for partners and we're even doing that with some of the other nonprofits uh, that are like-minded and uh, have a similar focus of what we do. Uh, so it's all about, as you know very well, Olive is about community. So it's about bringing that community together and partnering. Not that uh, one person is is doing everything and another you know, is doing something else and, and they're uh, away from each other like it has been in the past, but it's coming together. And that's a beautiful thing to see is how we're seeing other community partners, um, churches, businesses, uh, individuals, uh, coming along beside of us. But going back to what you were you were saying is yes. So those funds go directly into uh, helping the ministry be successful. And those those funds are used for that as well as, again, funding from other places as well. Uh, so it's a challenge to, to work that out. The the uh, the income uh, and how that's distributed out right now, we're, you know, the whole country and the whole world, I guess, is in a financial crisis, so to speak. Um, food prices are soaring and that has certainly had an impact on us. Um, it, and, you know, again, we're, we're a ministry, so we can't just continue to go up on our prices at the bargain center uh, just to support the ministry because it's helping other people in the community as well. Uh, so the offset to find a balance of, of how we're using that funding and where we're putting that funding to. We've seen a, uh, just in, in August alone, we've seen a huge uh, increase of the needs uh, just because of what's happening. Uh, so our, yeah. going from almost double of what we've seen in the months prior to August was almost double of those. So. Wow. Wow. So a lot of needs, but yes, those, those two, uh, the early learning center and the bargain center helps us out tremendously and in, in going towards that. Yeah. I think the, uh, the early learning center, I know that a lot of churches that do a daycare type of a facility like that. Mm-hmm. It is, of course, it, it takes, you, you have to have the facility for it and you have to have the workers. Although I, I feel like that's probably the facility is the big component of that is you've got to have Absolutely. the space. And, um, but it can be, I have always thought it's a phenomenal way for a church to be involved in the community, to provide a Mm -hmm. service, to be able to connect with young families, provide a loving environment for kids that need to go to a daycare facility of some kind. So if the church can provide that, that's amazing. And then on top of that, almost always, that's going to be not a, not a revenue neutral, not a, not a revenue losing but, but right. a positive, there, there's going to be income coming right. from that. And what Ministry Village has decided is, great, let's take that and invest that in our community. Let's, let's exactly invest right. in 
addiction recovery. Let's invest in uh, helping people that are are struggling, whether it's paying their utility bills or food or these types of things. So then that's a great use and maybe a template that churches can begin to think of, of like, okay, we want to do some of these things. I just don't know that we have the budget necessarily to, to do that. And maybe part of that equation is, hey, we can start an early learning center our, ourselves and use that to sort of fund some of the other things that we want to do some of these projects in our community. Again, I know that's like a big question mark, a big if of, you yeah. know, it's not, it's easier said than done, but I, yeah. I, I love that Ministry Village has, has been able to use it in that way. Yeah, there's a lot of logistics to uh, how all of that pans out. For you personally, what takes up the most of your time, your attention with Ministry Village? Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question. Uh, and, and it's a fun question, too. Obviously, the administration side of it takes up a lot. Uh, but Nate, at the same time, uh, it, it's 930, almost 930 right now. And so our doors are open today. It's on a Thursday. And so we have the shower ministry going on. So we have a lot of people uh, coming in and out right now. Um, so obviously, again, the administration side takes a lot. But just being with the people is what I really enjoy and where I want to focus more of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, uh, just one of the great things, we just had a lady come up to take a shower and she was so excited. She said, I just want to tell you, I know you're busy, but can I take just a minute of your time? And she was telling me, uh, you know, you know, this, this lady has been on, on drugs and she has nowhere to live. And obviously she's here for, you know, to have a meal and to take a shower. Uh, but at the same time, you know, she is celebrating because she has a job interview. She's been sober now for just a few weeks, and that's that's exciting. I mean, a few weeks doesn't sound like much to us, but when you've battled addiction all of your life, and that is that's just a success that she wanted to share. And so those kind of things take time as well, but those are the kind of things that I enjoy. Uh, taking that time is to be able to see and process uh, what what's going on in our world. And so that takes a portion of time too. And then just, again, sharing with, uh, with folks in the community that what we do, Ministry Village, again, been, in, been around for 15 years, but a lot of people don't understand what Ministry Village is. Maybe they've never even heard of Ministry Village. So uh, a lot of the time that I'm taking right now is uh, just education, uh, not, not necessarily within the whole community, but even in small groups, um, you know, like a, a small group class that's at, at Olive Baptist Church or going and speaking at a, at a church function uh, over in Alabama or wherever. So those kind of things take time. But again, that's, that's good energy and good time. And just being able to spread the word and tell people what Ministry Village does and to show those results that we've had, you know, 200 women go through and complete a full year. Most programs are not a year, but we have a, a one year phase. One is one year long for someone to commit their life to. Um, and just, just saying that, so we have graduation coming up this month as well. And we're going to graduate five women in October. So we're excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. For those, those that go to all of you'll know this, but um, most of the ladies that are going through the Karis House program sit together, the left side of the auditorium up front. And when you, you know, whether it's um, worship time or like nobody's more into the service than the ladies from the parents' house. And it's, it's a really amazing, very humbling thing to see, I think, because there's just such a, a freshness, um, an appreciation and just a genuine love to, you know, to be in a place where you're worshiping God. Um, 
I know you've mentioned before, like one of the biggest challenges you have is just building that awareness in the community right. of Ministry right. Village and letting people know that you exist and what you do. Mm-hmm. What other challenges exist as far as running Ministry Village? What are what are the things that you're just constantly running up against as as challenges? Well, obviously, the economy is probably uh, there's that's one of the larger uh challenge the challenge we have right now is certainly the economy uh you know the the price of food is going up so much and we do food drives and things of that nature but at the end of the day when it comes down to it we have a we have a limited supply and um as gracious as some some people are and some some businesses and entities we're still running out of food and so uh kathleen schuster is over our tender hearts carrying hands program uh, she's having to go, you know, at least once a week to one of the big box stores and, and buy, uh, fill her van full of food. Uh, so that the economy has certainly played a role in that, even to the point of where when we, we're helping with assistance with, uh, with rent, mortgage, utilities, water bill, light bill, those kind of things. Uh, we're having to cut back a little bit, and that's unfortunate, but uh, that's that's certainly a challenge because, uh, you know, how can you say, I'm sorry, I can't help you today. That is, uh, that's not only discouraging, but that is, that's a challenge as well. And it weighs on everyone's heart that volunteers and that works for ministry village is they, they take that home with them. And so the economy is a challenge. The other challenge that we have is just, uh, the culture and society that we're in, um, where we're seeing the increase in overdoses, Escambia County, uh, leading the state in overdoses right now uh number you know tied with some other county in south florida for human trafficking um so just the just the daily things that have changed in society and our culture uh that's a that's a challenge every single day is just the increase in people who are um who are addicted and trying to find recovery uh for for the people who were hungry for the people who were trying to um that that have a house to be able to stay in that house and then one of the greatest challenges that not only ministry village is facing but across uh this region right now is there there is no housing uh so had a, a family come down the lady was uh you know trying to get out of a, a domestic violence issue in another state um comes to Florida with her three daughters and has a job interview. She's you know, going to get this job. And she did. And she came back and told me the other day that she's received this job, but been down here for uh, a month now, living out of her car, cannot find anywhere to live. There's nowhere to stay. So housing is an issue as well. We don't, we don't have a, a shelter or, or housing. And so that's a challenge, just being able to try to help those people find that. Uh, that's not available. There's, there's no housing in Pensacola. So it's, it's tough. That's, that's a huge challenge. I think for a lot of churches, and I appreciate you laying out some of those challenges because they're very real and they're uh, for a lot of them, it's constant. It's just a constant need for resources, for food, for money to help people. There's a constant need within the community. You you can help a hundred people, help 200 people, and there's just going to, there's always going to be more people that need help. And as our society has right. you know, facing overdoses and human trafficking, like just the, the problems are increasing. Um, Absolutely. What, um, 
uh, what uh, let's let's think about the flip side of that the blessings of ministry because obviously yeah. there's plenty of challenges and there's days that can be very discouraging but since you've Absolutely. been in this how long have you been uh, director of ministry village has been De- december december okay so, so not quite a year yet you've been but you've been in this type of work for a long time i know you're relatively new yes. in ministry village role but but you've done very similar things in the past what are, yes. what are the blessings paint us the picture of yes there are challenges but what is what what what's the blessing side of it? Well, just going back to the to the lady that uh, you know, I'm living out of my car and I have three daughters. That sounds like oh, that's that's tragic, and it is. But Nate, for her to come back and specifically come back and say, hey, listen, here's the deal: you you were able to feed me and pray for me and my daughters, and I don't have a place to live yet, but I have a job now. And to see that, you know, that is just, that's, that's amazing. And just to see um, people's lives changed, you know, unfortunately, everyone that we see is they're in need for something. There's some, something going on. Um, so someone the other day said, uh, how's everything at Ministry Village? And I said, it's busy. And they said, well, that's good. And I'm like, no, that's not good. Uh, you, you know, what What we want to work to achieve is putting ourselves out of business, right? We, we want to do away. We want to make sure that people are not in need any longer. People are not hungry. So uh, busy for us is not a good thing. But like you said, the needs are growing. Um, so it, the blessings are every single day just to be able to see that we're, we're providing something. Uh, we're, we're trying to help someone, uh, you know, for people to come in and just to be able to pray over them and, and, and speak truth to them, uh, to see them leave with, with uh, you know, they come in hungry in many ways. They come in hungry and thirsty and then they always leave with fresh water and fresh food. And uh, as we see in the scripture, you know, the bread of life, they're leaving with not only a loaf of bread, but they're leaving with understanding who Jesus Christ is. So those are the rewards, just be able to mentor, to pour into people, to see lives changed, uh, to see when someone comes into Karis house, how, how they're broken and, and know that they have an addiction problem. And then you fast forward and some of these ladies are going back and they have master's degrees. They're going into the workforce or going back to their kids into their families. And that's, that is a huge celebration. That is a great time. And that's, that's a lot of fun just to see people change. That's, uh, that's great. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah to, to really yeah. on a day-to-day basis, kind of be the hands and feet of Jesus. Absolutely. Lives Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think from, it, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There, I'm, I'm sure there are, you got the rainbow behind you. I'm sure there's those rainy days, but then every yeah. now and then you get that glimpse of an amazing rainbow and it's like, this is why Absolutely. we do it. This is, this is, this is what makes it worth it. Um, yeah. I think for a lot of churches, part of their maybe hesitation or their concern going into something like this to do what you, what you do through tender hearts, caring hands, to provide food, to provide paying a utility bill, to, you know, provide a shower, like part of the concern or the hesitation, I think sometimes churches have, they're like, I don't know how to vet this properly. I'm going to have people come to me in different situations. And I don't know, is somebody telling the truth? Are they just, are they just looking for a handout, not a hand up? Or am I enabling people? Like, how do you, how do you approach that? How do you try to vet people? Like what, what does that look like from, from ministry villages perspective? 
Well, that goes back to one of those challenges. Uh, there, there are people that we see on a routine basis. Uh, you know, the, the way our food distribution works, we, we have some people that obviously they're abusing the system. That's going to happen with anything. It, it doesn't matter what it is. But the other side of that, Nate, is, is that we're not supposed to be the, the judge to that. We're, we're, we're supposed to just do what Jesus said for us to do. And that's to, you know, Matthew, in, in, in the book of Matthew, Jesus speaks about when I was thirsty, you gave me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. When I was naked, you clothed me. Um, we're, we're not to, we have to be Holy Spirit led. And we do, we do vet people. We have a process and we have things in, in place to where it reduces the uh, fraudulent side of it. But fortunately, that's, that's not that big of an issue. Uh, the people that we see, they really are in need. Most of the time when someone comes to us, it's a last resort. It's not something that someone's proud of. Uh, a lot of times they're embarrassed to even say, I've never done this before. Um, so we do vet everyone that come, even if they're coming just to take a shower, we keep a record of that. Um, if they're coming for food, we keep records of that. And uh, Escambia County is getting northwest Florida, South Alabama, even is starting a network to where it's really going to benefit everyone, because then you're able to see. Uh, you know, where has Joe been in the last month or whatever? Where has he stayed? What has he received? And so those things are starting to evolve uh, to where across the board, everyone can see, okay, well, this guy's just, he's jumping from one place to the other, or maybe there's a legitimate need. And then there's places that they can go to and, uh, or can reach out to that particular person and help them out. So, uh, so that is definitely a challenge, but we, we try to uh, minister first. Of course, we never judge. And, uh, you know, things happen. Life happens. And some of the folks that we're seeing, it could be us uh, on the other end, on the receiving side. Uh, yeah. So we remember that and, and we praise the Lord for that as well. But uh, so, again, that is a challenge. But, yes, we, we vet everyone that comes through. We have processes in place uh, and guidelines and rules and regulations for everyone. Yeah, I appreciate what you said. Yeah, you can be smart about it. Make sure you have some of those parameters in place. But ultimately, the job is we're just going to be faithful and be obedient to try to help people. And That's we can't right. always prevent somebody from maybe abusing that. I, I think about right. how Jesus talked about, you know, um, going the extra mile, you know, carrying a burden. If, if the Roman soldier made you carry a burden for a mile, go the extra mile, turning yes. the other cheek. Like, I think Jesus calls Absolutely. us to live a life in such a way to where, yeah, we are going to make ourselves vulnerable for people to take advantage of us. And right. that's, that's part of it. That's part of living with generosity. It's part of living with love that, yeah, sometimes people may take advantage of that, but that's not something that that's not up to us. We can't always that's control right. that. Um, yeah, and that absolutely. is part of ministering to those that are in need. There's, there's, you're always opening yourself up to that possibility. That is so true. It is. Absolutely. Um, so let's say, Drayton, we've, let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, you know what? I really have been thinking about doing something like this. I want to I be able to reach into our community in these types of ways. What's the best way to get started? Um, you can't just overnight be like, I'm going to do all five of these things. What would be right. the easiest way to, to kind of get that ball rolling? Absolutely. Well, certainly I would start with prayer, number one. 
the second thing is I would get connected to folks like Ministry Village, like Waterfront Rescue, like, uh, you know, there's so many things in, in the Pensacola and South Alabama, Northwest Florida area. Uh, there's resources instead of reinventing the wheel come together and just ask questions if a, if a church or a person I have these conversations all the time even a business wants to uh, get involved then don't don't necessarily start something new find out what's going on and get involved with that uh, help boost that on um, you know obviously if you can uh, you know the Lord leads you to start XYZ ministry then certainly do that but Number one, make sure there's a need. Uh, I know of several things that have been said in the Pensacola area that we need X, Y, Z. And after a little bit of research, we really don't because someone's already doing that and they're doing it very well and they have capacity to do it. Um, so that would be the number one thing is do your research, find out what the needs are and find out if someone else is doing it. How many, how many people, how many entities, how many uh, places are doing whatever it is. Uh, so certainly find that need, research it. And then uh, a lot of times people will start nonprofits thinking that it's a really good thing. And it is. It's always a great thing. But unfortunately, they run out of money. They, they do not understand the cost of it. It is it very ministries expensive. Um, and, and we know that. But uh, so understanding the cost of it, the, the time. Uh, you know, it's a 24 seven position. You, you don't, you don't shut it off at night. You don't, don't just go home. So you have to understand there's that as well. Uh, so the resources, the time, the energy, um, the, the money, what's it going to cost? I would research all of those things before I, before I ever started any, anything new. Um, the probability is that there's something already there. Gotcha. So if somebody's here locally, like those that are in our church or just here in the Pensacola area, what's the best way to support and partner with Ministry Village? What can we do? Uh, well, we love volunteers. Uh, there's there's ways to volunteer. Um, that's and that's that saves a lot of money. That helps in 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 fees. So. Uh, you can always volunteer well, at any place. You can volunteer at the Bargain Center, the Early Learning Center. Uh, you can volunteer with most excellent way. You can always volunteer with Tender Hearts, Caring Hands. And we even have folks come in and volunteer with the Carers House. They do extracurricular activities with the ladies or teach a class, um, you know, things like that to just let them have a normalcy, a new normal in their life. Um, so uh, there's tons, tons of ways to volunteer. One thing that, again, we're struggling with right now is food. Um, now we always take donations of food and there's some, uh, you know, some staples that we need, uh, on a, on a regular routine basis. And that's fine to bring those in. Uh, but the other thing is, is we're, we're working with a, a place now to where we can, purchase food for 19 cents a pound. So just to kind of put that in perspective, wow. uh, a can of beans is a dollar 40 cents and that's 14 and a half ounces, which is not quite a pound, right? Um, so that's a dollar, well, we'll just say a dollar and a half. And so you, you figure that out, how many cans of beans can we purchase at 19 cents a pound versus one can for a dollar and a half? Yeah. Um, so so the uh, to get involved with with the food portion of it, we can always accept 
food of any kind, mm-hmm. um, but also the the financial side of it is to where um, we have a dollar uh, that you can buy one can, or we have a dollar to where we can buy five cans. So obviously the the monetary gifts go a lot further than what uh, one can of bean does. Yeah. Um, so that's a great way to help volunteer finance and financial um, prayer for sure. That's number one. <laughs> number one is prayer. Uh, we're looking at doing some things in the future. Uh, it's going to be a little bit out of the box. Um, so, so just a, a good, a good season of prayer for ministry village would be greatly appreciated. Um, and education, you know, if, if you, if you want someone to come speak about what we do at ministry village or even to partner with you or, um, just listen to what your ideas are, we would love to do that. And, and we do that. We do that often. Uh, so that would help us get the word out about what we do and how we do it. And then also, again, going back to a conversation a few moments ago, um, what are the needs in, in this area, in this region, and how can we help you? How can we partner with you to, to, to do what it is that God's called you to do? Yeah. yeah so, let's, so let's say there's somebody who's not in the Pensacola area. They're listening to this and they're like, yeah, I, I want to learn from you, Drayton. I want to know kind of sure. the, give me the inside scoop on what you're doing and how I can go about doing something mm-hmm. similar What's the best way to get in touch with you and, and begin that conversation? Well, certainly uh, you can go to our website, ministryvillage.org. Uh, that would be a great place to start and just kind of look and see what we do. Uh, all of our numbers are on there. Uh, you can always call me. My number is 850-475-1106. That's the direct line into my office. So I would love to talk with you about that. And you can always shoot me an email as well. And that's dsmith.com at ministryvillage.org. I would love to talk with anyone that's interested in starting a program or uh, helping us with ours either way. That's awesome. I really hope uh, if you're listening to this, if you're local, I hope you'll consider partnering with Ministry Village, doing great work in our community. And if you're not, I hope that you'll be able to connect with Drayton and learn a little bit more. I think this is an, uh, an area that a lot of our churches can do better in. And we just need to kind of know how to get that ball rolling. Sometimes there's that knowledge of, yeah, I, we probably should do more. I'm just not sure how that looks. And people uh, like the folks at Ministry Village are doing that every day. And they can speak a lot of wisdom into, into that process. So Drayton, thanks again for joining me today. It's been awesome to talk to you. Really great to hear about the great things that God's doing through Ministry Village. And um, really appreciate you taking some time to join us today. 